Hey, this is John Joy. If you're hearing this and you are anywhere near Huntington, West Virginia, come out next weekend, December 10th and 11th, to see Clara's Christmas at 4th Avenue Arts, art in the heart of downtown Huntington. I'll be playing Drosselmeyer alongside dozens of creative, talented, awesome young ones. It's a good show. Check it out December 10th and 11th. Maybe you're nowhere near here. Are you in the UK? Are you anywhere near the University of Leeds? Well, those time-traveling teens will be making an appearance there next Tuesday, December 7th, as my play will be one of 50 pint-sized dramas chosen to be performed as a part of this year's GI60. GI60 stands for Gone in 60 Seconds, because they're all one-minute plays. I have two shows next week, and I'm super excited. Claire's Christmas, GI60. Break a leg, everybody. Now stay tuned for the seventh and final part, the big finale. Cletus Cavalier's Space Run. It's been three months since we began this journey. Let's wrap it up. Space Run and done. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I'm broadcasting from my lab on the campus of Splendid University. Ready to bring you the long-awaited seventh and final tale in this epic series that we began three months ago. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Cletus knew his AIK-205 would never make it all the way back to Earth in its present condition. He wasn't even sure he'd be able to make it back to the Osborne base. He flew around for an hour, trying to think through his next move. Sore and tired, seemingly safe, Cletus decided to land his ship on the edge of a barren plain, which appeared to be absent of any violent Asterians. The ship touched down effortlessly. Cletus powered down, opened the hatch, and stepped foot onto rocky ground. He could see a purple haze in the distance, creeping slowly in on him. He longed for a food ration, and his dehydrated body craved thirst. But he had nothing that could quench it. He thought about his long, perilous journey from Earth to the Zeta system, to the Osborne Rock, to Asteria. He thought about his many brushes with death, the aliens and scavengers he met along the way. thought long and hard about the many worlds between Earth and Asteria. And this is when Cletus's body completely gave out. It could give no more. He had been through so much. He had nothing left. Cletus collapsed, hard on the rocky ground. He was out cold. Cletus awoke suddenly, hours later. 
He was in what looked like a hospital room. In a bed. Attached to any number of tubes. He seemed alone at first. But through hazy eyes, he eventually realized there were others in the room with him. And he could hear even more. Outside? Chanting? Cheering? He got out of bed slowly. No one moved to stop him. He walked over to the window of his small, mostly bare room. And it was amazing. There were thousands of people outside filling up the streets. He looked down at them. They looked up at him. And Cleta sighed. Remembering, not too fondly, what his fate was to be just hours ago, in front of that large crowd of bloodthirsty Asterians, Cleta sighed. Okay, fine. You know what? I give up. I'm done fighting and flying. Do your worst. Do it now. He closed his eyes. He didn't want to see it happen. A loud burst of cheers and applause erupted from the Asterian crowd below. Cletus was confused, though still pretty sure that he was about to be eliminated and that the crowd was just cheering that. Then again, maybe not. These people didn't seem like the angry, violent mob from earlier. The cheers were coming from Asterians with bright, cheerful faces, their gazes upon Cletus, one of love and admiration even, not the vengeance and pure meanness, as had been the case before, in everyone he had met here. A regal Asterian figure approached Cletus, as one of the other people in the room with him. She began applauding, along with the crowd outside the window, down on the street. She was smiling, and when she reached Cletus, she patted him on the shoulder. He at once pulled away, but then he realized her approach was friendly. She shook his hand. She thanked him. The Asterians owe you a debt we won't soon be able to repay, she spoke. You saved us, all of us, our way of life, our entire culture, civilization. Cletus was still trying to put the pieces of the puzzle back together again. I did that. She beamed. Oh, and he's modest, too. Turns out the purple fog bomb that Cletus had dropped on the Asterian belt outpost, was breathed in deep by Asterians everywhere, far and wide, and the antidote therein cured them of their wickedness and returned Asterian life to normal. You're a hero, Cletus Cavalier. Cletus reveled in the moment. Yeah, man, that's cool. The woman named Asteria, as it turns out, was the latest in a long line of Asterian family rulers that had watched over her people for centuries. She paraded Cletus through the crowd. It took a while as he shook hands, took in a tidal wave of thank yous and pats on the back. Cletus really ate it up. Along the way, Asteria filled him in on the calamity, the virus that had turned her people into monsters. 
I don't think we would have lasted more than a few days, a week at the most. I'm glad I made it here in time with those medical supplies. You need to eat, she said. We shall feast. That sounds awesome. Do you like nachos? That ship of yours is not suitable for travel all the way back to Earth. We'll fix you up with a new one, one fit for a king. Ah, a king, eh? Cletus rather liked this new Asteria. They'd made it through the crowd, walked past the shipyard from earlier, the jail cells growing closer. But I need your help. What should we do about these? Asteria, she indicated Scowl, Ripper, Ripper's crew, all five scavengers behind bars, looking at them longingly. Even Ripper eked out a bit of a smile. Asteria continued. She said, They said they're with you, but we can never be too careful when it comes to scavengers. We've had our problems in the past. Cletus looked at his scavenger counterparts, considered it, thought about all they had been through in the past couple of days, and he felt bad for them. Not too bad, though. Nah, I've never seen them before, Cletus answered, and the scavengers began to hurl insults and crude language his way. Cletus feasted with the Styrian heads of state, told war stories, and bragged on himself more than just a bit. He slept in the lap of luxury in a posh Asterian hotel that night, the first good night's sleep he'd had in weeks. And the next morning, after another feast of a breakfast, Asteria introduced him to his new ship. The NBN-15 was a bigger, better, newer beast of a rocket, and Cletus was overjoyed to call it his own. He blasted off later that day, and as the Asteria belt outpost got smaller and smaller in his window view, he thought of all the adventures in his past and those that lie ahead of him. He thought of his cool new ship and how nice it would be to sleep in his own bed when he got home. He thought of the vacation time he was going to use up as soon as possible. He thought of sitting on a beach, reading a good book, enjoying a beverage, not a care in the world. He thought about how nice the Asterians had been to him. Well, not at first, but, you know. What he didn't think about was his scavenger friends. But they were thinking about him. And they were plotting. And that, young ones, is the end of this seven-part series of Cletus Cavalier's Space Run. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, you'll be overjoyed to know that in 2022, Cletus Cavalier will return in Cletus Cavalier and the Alliance of Really Bad Space Dudes. More on that in the months to come. That's all for this week. Next week, a happy holidays special. The St. Nick Squad will return soon, as will those middle school mimics. And be prepared for a three-part epic wish box story. 
set right here in splendid West Virginia. At the McFly Middle School Science Fair. In the meantime, have a wild and wonderful week. Be good to each other, listeners. Be helpers. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might turn you into a tree. A Christmas tree! If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.